Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Episode 45 of the Terrible Book Club. This time, we read A Spectre is Haunting Texas by Fritz Lieber. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. Hello, Paris. Hello. Uh, so if this is your first time tuning into the Terrible Book Club, what we do here is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination thereof. So we're real, real uh, shallow in the way that we choose books. So sure. we force ourselves to read books that we would never otherwise pick up. Uh, so some content warnings before we get started. Uh, it's going to be a little more generic than usual because I didn't take the time to fucking break out everything in minute detail. But we got uh, we got some got some racism, we got some sexism, we got yeah. some sex, right we front. got uh, some violence and something else. Drugs. Oh, some drugs. Generally, what you'd expect out of a sci-fi novel published in the late '60s. I think '68 is when Fritz Lieber published this one. Uh, let me check in the book. Uh, yeah, 1968. So the, yeah, this is a sci-fi book from 1968. Um, many of you may know Fritz Lieber as uh, a famous author. He he's won he won like five Hugo Awards, maybe more. So that's what the very, top of the book claims. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> very well established writer. I think he predominantly wrote fantasy, though, right? Uh, um, yeah, he literally coined the term swords and sorcery, I believe. Yeah. So Fritz Lieber. Um, yeah, so really famous, really well-established author. People love him. Um, but then he wrote A Spectre's Haunting Texas in 1968, and, uh, we got, we got some things to say about that. Oh, yeah, boy. Um, so this book, so Fritz wrote this intending it to be a satire, all right? So I was kind of excited to read it, um, thanks to my friend Hillary, who found the book for us. She was in California, once again, at a metal festival, and she decided to go to a bookstore while she was, like, I don't know, killing some time. And she saw the horrendous cover, the horrifying cover of this book. Actually, I won't say it's horrendous because the cover of the book does accurately depict the content of the book. True. Uh, but it is a little creepy. Um, it's the main character in a metal mask and a hood smiling creepily over a bunch of longhorned cows and some people who look like cowboys. Uh, so it's a weird cover. She picked it up solely based on that. It's definitely better than the other covers oh, of, that yeah. have used in been been used in different printings of this book. This one depicts the main character's personality pretty well because he has kind of like a lecherous grin on and some kind of like shady eyes. I mean, going. he's basically the personification of a lecherous gaze. Like he's yeah. a lecherous gaze on stilts. <laughs> like that, that's who the main character is. So a, uh, a thin lecherous gaze on stilts that wants to fuck yeah he's super wants to fuck um so this book is uh it's a satire i'm gonna read the back of the book so you understand what um i will see if you have an understanding after you read the back (laughs) okay 
Um, Scully LaCruz was a thin, a muscleless free fall phenomenon whose home was the sack circling the moon, who could only support life in earth gravity conditions by having himself encased in a titanium exoskeleton. To the inhabitants of the ravaged post-war earth, he looked spectrally outlandish. To Scully, the inhabitants of Earth looked equally odd. Because the USA had disappeared in the aftermath of the atomic conflict and had been replaced by Greater Texas. And Greater Texas was dominated by the Greater Texans, masterful giants created by hormone treatments who strode lordly about amidst their dwarvish peons and slaves. To these unhappy underlings, Scully appeared as a sign, a leader for revolt. To Scully, this reverence sparked his actor instinct sufficiently to make him decide to accept that role. This is one of Fritz Lieber's most astonishing and satirical novels, a caricature of the future as lively, chilling, and ultimately serious of purpose as a Jules Pfeiffer cartoon. So there's some creativity happening here. I would say there's some things yeah. about this that I'm really into in terms of a sci-fi setting. Sort of like this Fallout-esque, you know, Texas is the true ruler of America or, like, took over America. There's some backstory here where Texas was secretly in charge of America since 1845, but that's yeah. some bullshit, whatever. Yeah, so, so, yeah, the whole so the whole premise of this book is that um, Texas, like Chris said, has been ruling America since uh, 1845 when, I think, was it 45? When, yeah. Uh, when Texas was annexed by the U.S., but in reality, the U.S. was annexed by Texas. Yeah, because Ooh. Texas uh, is so cool and good. And so Texas has been kind of running the show in the U.S. since then unbeknownst to anyone else you know it's a secret shadow the secret shadow government is actually texas uh which is an interesting twist on modern uh political paranoia so um at this point in time when the book i actually they don't ever give a year at all it's very vague no but um at some point in the past there was a world war three and it was an atomic catastrophe but um much of the interior of the united states survived because it was part of this like weird uh bunker thing that texas had set up because they knew it was like a missile defense system that they specifically oriented around themselves because texas being the rulers knew that they had to protect themselves at any cost and essentially now the great texan empire i guess extends from yeah greater texas um extends from south america all the way up through parts of canada yeah so basically all of the americas is greater texas um and places have been given new names and all this stuff and i and i guess before this happened, a bunch of people went to live on the moon and some, like, not asteroids, but maybe some man-made Space creations. stations. It was, like, uh, man-made space stations well, he lives that on, orbited the moon. Yeah, he lives on the sack, which I just couldn't read without laughing. Yeah, like, I think I, that's I, to make some jokes about yeah. being in the sack all the time. I oh, think that's what, why. Interesting. I was. I just thought. Of, I was just thinking of floating balls in space. To uh, that's be it. Kind I mean, of did it describe like that. I think yeah, almost it's like yeah. floating clear, like villages or like towns or something. Yeah. So you have. So you have all these people in these um, these lunar colonies who are divorced from what's happening down on Earth, and they've been up there since before the war. So everything they know about um, Earth is pre World War Three. So pre this like atomic catastrophe. Uh, so. When the main character, Scully, whose full name is Christopher Crockett LaCruz, um, when uh, Scully comes down to Earth to try to secure his family's mining interests that they supposedly have, basically his dad's like, Scully, we have a mine. We could make money. Like, I don't know. Go check it out. Someone sold him a deed to a mine or something. It was somebody in their family. It was like an ancestor. Yeah, and he was, uh, Scully here was tasked with going down to Earth to check out 
if this was legit because I think the the idea is like if you can like take a bunch of rock samples from the mine that would prove your ownership because there's like a bunch of rock samples given with the deed yeah as yeah. like an identification thing for like this, you know if you can match all these samples and that's the right. same mine you own that and resources is money I guess yeah um and so he goes to check that out uh back on the sack Scully is a an actor he comes from a family of actors and so all he honestly the first 50 pages of this book was like a fucking fever dream like I felt like I had no idea what was going on because it was all it, there were all these references to acting and some of them were purposefully like wrong because I think the author was trying to make you know make it obvious that they're they've been so divorced from earth that like they didn't really understand how things worked and there's like all these acting and stage references and he talks like a total fucking shit heel yeah he's time. a very much like i am an actor who sent for the, the art of acting it has aroused my actorly things like he's very <sighs> full of himself in terms of being like of the stage he's like a theater kid that grew up without ever getting like having reality punch them in the stomach <laughs> yeah uh yeah he's honestly the main character is really fucking annoying and i wanted to drown him uh constantly he almost drowns, sadly. It doesn't, it doesn't actually happen. He is, but the, the key feature of him is that, you know, and a lot of people that lived up on the the sack, I guess, yes. is that because you don't have any gravity out there that your muscles don't have to do anything, so they become extremely emaciated to the point of being, like, literally skin and bone, which gives me pause for some other stuff that comes up later. Yeah, yeah, there's Because he probably looks fucking horrifying. All right, let me describe the character here a little bit. Oh, he's, Scully, in a, yeah. he's an emaciated man that's in a titanium skeleton-looking suit. Like, it basically... I don't think it covers him entirely because he has, like, a... A suit that he wears over his skin, but under the suit. Yeah, his sa- of, his sack suit. Yeah, his yeah. sack suit to like pad him to the against the titanium. It's just like a wetsuit kind of. Yeah, and yeah. so he's got like it look. He looks like a skeleton basically. Like the the titanium exoskeleton is silvery. It kind of has like ribs and like it looks like long bones along his arms. Yep. It doesn't cover his hands, but it covers his face and cheekbones. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like. Pills and water in the cheek plates that he'll just like tongue out sometimes yeah, for sustenance. Yeah, which is weird. Like, I do you not eat regular food ever on the moon. He kind of knows what not. food is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So he is. He is what they call a thin on the moon. And I guess, uh, well, not on the moon, but on the sack, yeah. the circum, the circumlunar uh, colony, the sack. So I guess out there in these lunar communities, um, you can choose to be a thin, which is what Scully is, or a fat. Apparently his mother is a fat. And I don't, they don't really describe what the fuck that means. I think that's like a regular to person. Give, like nutrients to, to like you get, you store it because she's a mother, right? So she has to give nutrients to children. No, that that's never, that's never alluded to. In the, I'm, in the book. Uh, that's the only way I could wrap my head around. Cause like the only fat that's mentioned is his mom. And I think one other female at some point. There's also athletics, which I think are like normal sized people. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, but anyway, he's a thin. He's in this horrifying exoskeleton. He's got a cape um, and a hood on. Yep, he's got a cape and a hood, and that's what that's why they call him Scully because he looks like a skeleton, I guess. Um, so I don't know, Scully, Skelly. I don't know. Somehow they make that leap. Um, and he, so he's going down to check out his mining interests. Like I said, lunar communities totally divorced from regular earth and humanity um they're used to living without gravity which is why he has to have this suit on 
Um, they also perform their plays in like 3D space, like no, in like four yeah, dimensions or yeah, something. Yeah, no, or, yeah, I don't and then know. like because usually like on the stage it's like left or right and maybe a little bit of depth. Oh, that's but true. It's 3D. It, yeah. He describes some sets as being kind of like all over the place around him. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is kind of a hilarious image when he talks about like doing Shakespeare stuff. And yeah, he's saying how you know he's a professional actor and yeah, he's describing. You have the to stage emote play. around the entire like room in all yeah, directions. Yeah, and he's like you have to plan out your movements because you might you have to. Like, push off a surface and then you don't want to get stuck so you have to like make sure this that you're floating towards a chair or something i don't know it sounded pretty f- fucking hilarious like there's a lot of this book that i think is really funny like this whole satire about greater texas and how ridiculous oh, we should, yeah we should talk about the texans the, well, the yeah. greater texans so scully takes this sh- the ship to earth and he gets there and he has no idea what's going on because his dad's like oh the mine our mining our deed to our mine is in Yellowknife in uh canada somewhere yeah and uh, he gets down there and he's talking to people about Yellowknife and all these other places. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, that, those places don't exist anymore. They've been renamed. And, you know, eventually it comes out. He's like, oh, well, I'm from, you know, the sack. And they're like, oh, yeah, you have no idea what's going on then. So he's slowly learning what life in greater texas is really like the first five pages of the book he describes being in a centrifuge in a very confusing way and i think it's supposed to mirror how disoriented it is because later on you find out that he's just adjusting to like the orbit of the earth like he can somehow feel the extra acceleration and that's why he was like very disoriented he describes like rooms as being different parts of a centrifuge at the start which is super confusing yeah honestly the first 50 pages of this book were super fucking disorienting and i was like i i I was like i don't know what's going on but i also get that he's using this as a device to to make you feel just disoriented but he knows what a room is yeah so i don't understand why he would start calling things like i was in the next compartment of the centrifuge when obviously there's like furniture around and shit that I don't know. I think he was just a little addled from his from his change in, in atmosphere. Sure. Um. So he gets gets on the ship and befriends this this uh Texan. Uh, what was his name, Chris? It's Elmo or Oilfield Earp, which is pretty good in terms of a satirical <laughs> yeah. Texan name. And, Everyone here has a pretty hilarious and name. So you know everything is Greater Texas, right? So as you can imagine, everything is super texan so humans are now eight feet tall if they're rich and white yeah um like yeah they take hormones to make them as big as possible um all their like cows and stuff are huge too like all these steers um and then um you know in texas fashion sadly if you're not white or if you're if so if you're a poor white person you just don't take the growth hormones so you're just like regular size um but if you're not white you are enslaved and forced to be four feet tall yeah, I, c- I couldn't really tell if because they're described as being hunchbacked the whole time. Actually, uh, here's your first little bit of racism illusion here. Mexicans are frequently referred to as bent backs. Yeah, in, in this book, because in because in this world, if they're not exactly four feet or four and a half feet, whatever the limit is, they put these horrible um heart like yoke harnesses on them that like crush them down so that they're bent and that at least at least when they're bent they're under the limit the height limit for their race which is which just made me go when i read yeah, it i was like, like oh, there's a lot of brutal. that stuff in here there's plenty of n-words that get dropped oh yeah yeah um, by the main character as well as anyone else and he like he even though the whole point of this book actually comes around that scully uses his acting prowess to sort of like stoke a revolutionary fervor 
in amongst the Mexicans that are you know yeah. enslaved. Yeah, even so, he gets he gets like accidentally involved in the revolution, and he honestly never gives a shit about it. Zero. He gives zero shits about. He it. just is like, oh, I want to act. I want to do this. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna take up this. Uh, you know, this uh, persona of this hero, the savior. It so happens there's like a prophecy of like a skeleton that's going to come from the sky. Esqueleto. To, yeah, esqueleto. La muerte alta, la muerte alta. There's yeah. a theme song and everything to the theme <laughs> yep. to the tune of La Cucaracha. Yep. Um, so basically it's like, you know, uh, fucking sitcom where they're like, oh, we're waiting for our, our skeletal savior to arrive from the sky. And then this fucking asshole strides, strides in and, you know, all he wants to do is get the fame of like being on stage and like recognized for like stirring people into a fervor. Yeah. And he's also really intent on fucking these two ladies. (laughs) Oh boy. The whole book is. That's the actual uh, plot of this book. Yeah. So. You know, uh, there's, there's like a lot of this really funny stuff and really creative things. I think a lot of what Fritz Lieber did in this um, to create this satirical world of greater Texas was really good. You know, he really, really gets at the heart of, uh, you know, how how horrifying it would be if people like that took over. Every Texan talks in like the gold darnest, god dangest, best country <laughs> there ever darn was. Yep. Like Everyone's in like 15 gallon hats or something. Yeah, because they're eight feet tall, so they gotta be. They gotta be real. The gallons big. have to be extra for their hats and everything. Um, they have like extremely long legs. Is kind of like a, yep. a feature that's pointed out. Um, and yeah, it's it's a pretty good, interesting sort of creative t- satirical take on things. But that's like about the only good thing about this book because even though. I was kind of into the whole story about Scully leading a revolution because I thought like, oh, maybe he'll learn to not be such an egotistical. Yeah, maybe he'll he'll grow a little bit. But literally all he cares about is ha- trying to have sex with either or and or at the same time uh, uh, a lady named Rachel Vachel. Rachel Vachel Lamar. Who is the, the daughter of, of the president. The, right? of, he was, starts out as the governor of oh, Texas. The governor, yeah. Which is different from the president of Greater, Greater Texas, Texas. <laughs> right? Right. You see, um, so yeah, Scully actually crash lands in Dallas, Texas, Texas at first because yeah, you have everything the, is Texas. The double, here. the double Texas there. So originally, Governor Lamar is just the governor of whatever Texas, of, the yeah, state, like what like you, Texas as you would conceive of it today. Um, and his daughter Rachel Vachel like sort of flounces in as this very like demure and like cowed female that's like oh daddy thanks for coming and paying paying all this money for my for my plays because she's an actress too you yep, see yep. um she's instantly enamored with well, women scully are, women are only allowed to be certain things like they're arts allowed to and be, culture yeah that's it, it you, like that's uh, it you can't let them in the sciences or wear pants or yeah women women in greater texas are only yeah like you said only allowed to like be actresses or um do other homey shit cooks, i don't know cooks yeah teaching i think right is, is somehow right. brought but, up somewhere but you're, they're not allowed to do any sort of stem uh yeah. reason and rachel vachel is seems very like you know of the culture except but here's the thing that mystifies me because uh before we get to the other lady that christopher crockett la cruz yeah. here senor la cruz is trying to get his well way. even though the other lady was technically first but anyway continue the rachel vachel um she's instantly enamored with scully which I don't understand because yeah. if this horrifying, skeleton emaciated man. skeleton man came from the fucking moon with this weird-looking <laughs> skeleton, why would that be like sexually attractive to someone who's I like? I, well, he's eight feet tall too. Yeah. Well, I think that um, I think she probably wasn't actually enamored with him. I think she just 
was pretending to be because... But that's uh, definitely not the case later. But, but then later, yeah, but then later things change. But uh, anyway, so the secret is that Rachel is part of the revolution. Yeah, she's um, conspiring she's, with yeah, them. She's a rich white giant, but she is like, yeah, this is fucking bullshit. Uh, fuck the patriarchy, you know, fuck the racism. This, this sucks. And of course, so is the other woman that Scully is enamored with. Um, named La Cucaracha. No, she, her real name is something else, but she's only her Oh, no, Rosa Morales. Yes. Rosa Ro- Mor- La Cucaracha Wait, is like her coke name. Is it Morales? Name. I think, yeah. Isn't that her last name, Rosa? I yeah. don't know. I think I'm sorry. Really she's referred to as La Cucaracha or Cookie for most of the book. Co- or coochie or cooch oh god yeah. yeah like they never they almost never call her rosa and she's she's like a foreign like almost a half foot tall mexican dwarf yeah right. lady that is um, very vivacious and fiery as the latinos will be of course oh god i know because everything is pretty much a racist caricature in this book yep everything uh and so rosa is also part of the revolution so rosa and rachel don't know that they both know and like scully until i don't know a couple a little bit into the book um it's when rachel comes crashing in and revealing himself as a member of the resistance for the first time in her like black madonna outfit yeah so yeah that's right rachel is known as the black madonna and she like rides this big horse and she has this this black get up and uh she's like a symbol of the revolution can i say at the start that like i don't get why like scully was like scooped up by this elmo i guess like it comes to a four later but he's just kind of scooped up by elmo randomly at the fucking airport well yeah because he's like really confused and he's like oh i guess i'll just trust this dude and i i thought that was weird too i was like why would you just like scully's stupid and naive and overly trusting (laughs) he's also very narrow-minded because uh kooky is there with elmo And sort of, like, you know, giving him shit sometimes as, like, you know, Scully's getting used to how things are laid out on Earth. And she's instantly flirting with him, too. Like, yep. right off the bat, they're yep. very enamored with each other. And Scully's immediately focusing on how big her tits are yep. the whole time. And But then, you know, 10 pages or 15 pages later, he meets Rachel. And he even makes a scene. He's like... Oh no, I've already forgotten about that first girl I liked. Even like, though he has a date to meet up with her in a graveyard later where he's like, oh, I'm totally going to get down with it. We're totally going to bone. I have to... But then he decides to try and also make with Rachel, Rachel too, yep. before going off to get a second round. Okay, okay. Here's the question. Here's <laughs> one of the biggest questions that this book left me with. How are you going to fuck in that exoskeletal suit? That's what how? I mean. Is there like, a penis how? door? Do you have an extra, like, titanium... Boner well, helper? Well, that's can your boner even get up right, in, in, this in gravity? gravity? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Guys, can a lunar boner exist in, in on Earth's gravity? I, I, I mean, don't he know. He seems ready to go. I think he described kind of getting a half chub at some point. Okay, so we're also going to talk about... There's a, there's a moment when... Uh, the I think it's like one of the only times he and Rachel are alone together. And I... I made a note. Uh, Moon dick work on Earth. Questions yeah, for question. <laughs> um, but he and Rachel are alone. I think this is actually the first time they're meeting and they're hanging out alone. Oh, like and, on a couch. By the way, and, everyone smokes weed all the time throughout oh, yeah, this book, which I'm low. totally down. Oh, I have a question for you. Before, okay, before we get into the sex thing, I have a question. Uh, I, on page 43 to 44, I have a note that says, is this what weed is like? And I went to ask you because I, I don't smoke. Uh, I'm, but I, I'm going to so read this like, There's like, at the beginning of your chapter, there's like p- passages from like fake history books or like from real poetry or something. Yeah. And one of the lines in the immediate first one is, praise the Lord and puff the marijuana, which is yeah. a pretty good fucking life philosophy. That's like the one part of greater Texas I was down with. <laughs> okay, Aaron. 
I meanwhile had taken the first of the three sips I allow myself of an alcoholic beverage, a small sip, for the drink was strong, and inhaled two puffs of marijuana vapor, a smoke I had never before sampled. It seemed mild stuff, but I soon began to feel a lofty well-being, despite the grisly things being told me, and the scene and sounds around and about me began to organize themselves symphon symphonically, even the clinking of Mayor Burleson's coins fitting perfectly into the great rhythm. At first, I must admit, there was something sinister about the tiny tympanic tune of power men releasing tension. Tick, clink, clink, scratch, scratch, squeeze, squeeze faintest plink of thumb and fingertip on captured lint speck, but swiftly even these noises became orchestrated into a blissful totality. And I was like, is that what weed is like? That seems pretty weird. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you smoke, like, a lot at But one... he had two puffs of Well, weed. he's also an extremely thin, emaciated no, man with, true. like, you know, he doesn't have as much fat to, like, you know, store, you know, block some of the effects or something like that, and he's never smoked before, so it's, I'm guessing that if Texas, if everything's bigger in Texas, the joints must be huge. Or oh like, my god, yeah, they're all eight feet tall, yeah, how big is this the, joint the, they're the smoking? Bloody, it's like the size of a cat! Like, they're like... Yeah. <laughs> That's a real Cheech and Chong <laughs> shit over shit. here. But like, yeah, if you smoke a whole lot, you can kind of get into this, like, weird mental state that's like a little bit paranoid that focuses in too much on things sometimes, kind of. Yeah. And like, your brain sees patterns that are a little easier or like organizes things in a slightly interesting way that you can zone out on kind of yeah that's vaguely uh, yeah. that feels like someone that smoked way too much weed for the first time yeah. Okay. It, it, all right. It's decently accurate. I would. Say. All right. But anyway, uh, I'm get... gonna, all right. Now I'm gonna read some parts of this scene where they're like making out question mark. But then we have to then we have to decide what sexual activity is occurring because I could play this play. game. All right. All right. So <laughs> welcome to guess where the moon dick's going. <laughs> all right. My, your pa must be quite a a dreamer, Scully. Rachel Vachel murmured languidly. That sounds to me just like the million and one lost Dutchman gold mines down in Mexico, Texas. Oh, but I'm dead sure it's going to work out fine in your case, she hastened to add. Then, the dark wondering peeking in her eyes, kiss me, Scully. Carefully tilting my head so neither my titanium jaw shelf nor cheek plates would touch her, I planted my lips on hers. Her hands moved on my back between titanium T-spine and exorib lattice. We kissed for some time with small moans. <laughs> then she broke away with a slightly bigger one, in which I heard faintly the whispered words, Come, sweet death. And her voice One last car. <laughs> Sorry, dancing, just jumping in there. Yeah. And her voice returned, medium brisk, as she asked, You didn't leave the claimant map in your luggage, I hope. Daddy's sure to have that snooped, scoped, and espioned. But surely your father is too honorable and courtly and genteel. Oh, he's the genteelest jail warden in all Texas, Texas. Why do you suppose I have secret compartments in my lingerie drawers? If he could only see right now. You know, Scully, we must be making the most exciting scene. A Greek goddess being elegantly seduced by a romantical black and silver skeleton. The mating of the mantis with the June bug. Just the kind of scene daddy will never let us stage in our plays. The courtly old Cromwell. Where have you got the claim in the map, Scully? You didn't forget and leave him up there in the sky, I hope. <laughs> anyway, I can't do a Texas accent. Um, so they're like talking. She's trying to figure out where his <laughs> his deed is. And he's like, yeah, whatever. All right. And then, all right, I'm going to try to find the part where we have to guess what sexual activity is occurring because... I mean, that's... 
I think that's written to be funny, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's I think definitely this is, funny. This like, book was written to be a satire, so like, yeah, it's supposed like, to be it's supposed to be like ridiculous that like they're making out through his titanium suit and she's like fondling it sometimes. So yeah, I like there's de- yeah there's moments in here that are definitely funny and entertaining in yeah. that way, and I don't I'm it's not like I'm turning my nose up at that stuff. And it's fine that like you you wrote uh, kind of a horny book about like a man in a skeleton exosuit trying to make it with tall Texan ladies or whatever that are very caricature of Texans. That's all well and good, but the, the way it develops later on, I I can't quite tell what the point of the satire really was. Yeah. Oh, here. Okay. Uh, this is not the part I'm talking about, but this is something else. Look here, dear. I ain't made. I'm getting a fetish thing about that skeleton of yours. But couldn't you get out of it for just a little while? Mate, you'd be underestimating your unmechanized strength. Your hands feel so strong on my funny bumps. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, the funny bumps thing got me. I couldn't uh, yeah, stop laughing. She's definitely trying to play as, like, very innocent and, like... Yeah, like, oh, you know, fucking damsel in distress. Yeah, so know. she's, like, buttering him up for this, I suppose. But at the same time, Lord, when I got to that point, was... Uh, was it tough to get through the rest of it, I would say? And I think they just make out on the couch for a while until, like, her, her dad shows up with, like, the rest of his friends, Sheriff Hunt and Deputy Chase, which is... Yeah, I thought that they were... I thought he was, like, maybe fingering her, but I couldn't... I can't... Now I can't... He's got those strong fingers, which later on... on the funny bumps. Yes, which, let me tell you, later on in the book, the fingers are the only thing he can move when he's out of the skeleton. Oh, yeah. Like, he has to... At one point, he's, like, out put outside of the suit, and he has to drag himself into a pool of water for, like hydration because the texas sun is too much and he just literally like uses the ends of his fingers to crawl to a pool and his justification by the way for having like intense finger strength is like you have to have really good grip in space yeah so so wouldn't you have really good arm muscles in that case i guess but he does it like why is it just the fingers that aren't emaciated he also gets in a hand grip fight with someone in the book do you just remember, like, the hand-clasping fight where he, like, wins over? There was an arm-wrestling match? It wasn't an arm- No, that. they were literally just clenching hands together. Oop, I knocked my mind. They were just clenching hands as hard as they could, <laughs> and, like, Scully knew he was gonna win, like, that's how he got out of something. Oh, or, weird, I don't remember. Yeah, there's, like, an arm-clenching, like, a hand-clenching fight, and he his fingers are stronger to the point where the other person says uncle, and he wins the... Oh, you know what? I, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, this is another one of my notes where I'm like, what happened? Um, this is when when uh, Rachel and Scully first meet. This is before they're like sitting on the couch making out and fucking molesting each other or whatever. Um, Fondling funny bumps. Yeah. <laughs> um, then her eyes got big. Your pa's an actor? They got bigger still. You're an actor too? You stayed one? I shrugged. Oh, an occasional Hamlet, Pierre Gint, Orestes, Cyrano. I could have sworn that for an instant she was going to hug me. Instead, she looked me up and down, grinned, and said, I bet you overlapped your mother out of side when she clutched you. Yes, and she wrinkled her nose, too, I countered. I wet myself. What, what does that mean? <laughs> I, don't... I, I, I totally missed, <laughs> I, like, yeah, I also what don't that was even... I, I was just like, what? And there's no follow up to that. I was just like, what happened? Is it Why like did emotionally? He... He's talking about crying or something? I, yeah, I don't. He pissed so I, much that like, dude, I don't know. Like there, there were definitely some things in here where I was like, what? And I don't know if it was just I 
didn't understand the the type this type of like sci-fi writing at the time or if i missed something in the story but that was one of them where i was like i have no clue why he said i wet myself yeah so he gets brought to the governor's house by elmo oilfield erp because i guess elmo is trying to like ingratiate himself to the greater texas like he's like even under them socially somehow even though he although even though he's also a tall texan yeah he's like buzzing around them trying to get into their circle at this point in the book or something so he brings scully in as sort of like a a novelty or something i I think that like that yeah he's like trying to he's like oh look at this weird fucking dude i found (laughs) i found found my note for is he fingering her okay here we go uh, (laughs) circle back around jeez best reaction there no I'll, I'll tell you what i heard at um her fingers slipping between my titanium shoulder girdle and head basket touched my cervical vertebrae <laughs> so hot her voice riding on indrawn and exhaled sighs she said you know, Scully, I believe I'm falling in love with you just a little bit. Psychically, I mean, I mean, not only physiologically. Ever since I was a little girl, I've had moods of despair where I wanted death to come to me like a dark night and carry me off. I wore out three tapes of Schubert's, uh, Schubert's, uh, Death and the Maiden, and here you're doing it. Why, you're just like Death and the Seventh Seal, leading me off in a dreamy dance. That is, if Max von Sydow had played the part instead of doing the night. Say, Scully, no, keep, keep it up. How are you ever going to raise that cat? See, that, 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 her going, no, keep it up while she's, like, breathing. Yeah. I was like, is he fingering her? I think he's just stroking her. Oh, oh here, no, he says, um... I'll tell you a secret, Rachel Vachel. I said, my rumble somewhat thick as she was shivering three fingers thrust between my titanium exoribs across my checks, my chest. I was just like, what are they doing? I don't know. Anyway, I think they're I, just like really heavy petting. Like, I it's guess. like a lot of rubbing or something that feels Yeah, maybe, good maybe it's or, a lot of rubbing. I, I don't know. I mean, you could be rubbing certain spots too, so who knows? And um, Yeah, and so, all right, all of this is like satire, but... It is a funny scene. Yeah, yeah, like the book in general, I think, does a pretty good job, but there's something about the sexism and misogyny that isn't satirical. Like, there's just something about the way it's written and how often it comes up. It's it's not satirical. You read this book first, and then I read it, and when I was like 50 or so pages in, I was like, oh, this is just supposed to be like funny or something, because you could come to me and be like, the sexism and misogyny of this thing is like way over the top. And at first I was like, oh, but he's trying to like lampoon this kind of like, oh, he's a horny, weird robot or something that's supposed to be funny or something. But I mean, I don't think we have to worry about the chronology of this book too much because like all that happens is that Rachel Vachel turns out to be working with this revolution. Scully goes on tour um, with Rachel and um, Rosa. Yeah. Like, you know, giving speeches to rile up masses of Mexicans to revolt against Texans. And and these revolts happen. The Texans. um... And then he has like this love triangle between the three of them. And in the end, he wants to marry both of them. And they're both kind of like working against him to like sort of deny him affection. No, they they both they they actually the ladies in this book are pretty cool because they were they both realized that they both liked him and they made an agreement with each other and then they to- they took him in a room and they were like, look, we've decided that neither of us are going to be with you until you choose one of us in front of the other and denounce the other one. And I was like, good on you, ladies. And so the most of the book, they're just. 
they're just hanging out and being good friends and and he refuses to choose he's because the one he that's wants super miserable about it and he's very like petty and childish about the yep. whole thing mm-hmm. where he's like well if they both won't let me fuck them then i'll just deny them my affection too until one of them has to come crawling back to me yeah, with yeah. Her they, womanly need yeah they think he's like yeah whatever one of them's gonna break eventually and he does like he refuses to see like any side besides like his his own of like well i want to fuck both of you so i don't see what the problem is yeah like unless he can have both of them he's not gonna be happy by the way here i'll just spoil the ending here he does get both of them in the end because the book ends with him just leaving after he like tricked both of them into going into the spaceship at the same time so at the end of the book he uh he writes he meets with both of them separately has them each or writes a letter to each of them Tells them both the same thing. Has them drugged, brought on the ship in slightly different areas. Like, still pretty close together. And as they're taking off to the moon, they, like, wake up and see each other. And it's just like, dude, you just kidnapped two adult women and are going to try to force them both to marry you on the moon? But Yeah. (laughs) Here's what makes it truly heinous in my book. They're both fine with it. And they were no, also, like, fine with it beforehand. They said they made an agreement that, like, oh, we actually were fine with this whole bigamy thing beforehand. Oh, yeah, that's right. That They just slipped that in right at the end where they're like, oh, oh, it's fine that he kidnapped them and forced them to do this because, haha, they actually wanted it all along. Just like all you women, you always want it all along. Yeah, look, and you're just man, like, oh, I'm, I'm not here to denounce, like, polyamory or anything like that. But the way things are executed in this book is a huge fucking no-no in terms of how to approach this, where you're being childish with two women who are trying to give you, you know, a reasonable expectation of, like, look, I'm going to be jealous of this other person if I'm in this three-way yeah, relationship. Right. So you, we need to establish boundaries now. You have to make a choice. And he's just a big child about it. He still gets his way in the end because he decided to kidnap them and fly and, them and to the And bring them to another planetary <laughs> body. In, like, like in a, it's not like they could just leave. I mean, I guess they could just get on a spaceship, but neither of them have ever been off of Earth. I and mean, he's taking them away from their families, from the revolution. I mean... The revolution doesn't even, like, wrap up or anything. No. They're, 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 like, chased around as they're going on tour. By the way, they fly around in things called cacks, which is... Yeah, I don't... I, yeah, we all got in the cack. It's like a, it's like a <laughs> transparent sphere helicopter. I don't remember. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they always have to get in the cack and fly around the cack, which is just kind of a hilarious thing. And, it, you know, they go on tour... Scully gives performances and he tries to like zazz up the show, but that's immaterial to the greater plot and maybe even to the whole point of the book. Like, I don't really see any like he's full. He's a full of himself actor. He doesn't really grow as a person or like change his attitude about anything. No, he still goes for like the mine. He's convinced the mining thing is legit and he eventually finds the mine being taken over by Texans anyway. Yeah, because they were mining into the earth 40 miles deep. Into the core to steal energy from it or something? Yeah, because they were running out of atomic energy. This whole part, that whole, like, wrap-up section where they explained what the Texans were doing with the mining thing right there, it was never clear to me. Um, yeah, I mean, you basically got it. Like, they were just mine. They were sending, um, the, uh, non-white workers that they had enslaved deep down into the Earth's core, um just i think take energy right they're just right, drilling yeah. that whole time yeah so i don't mm-hmm. there's like a purple laser beam light that comes out of the mine shaft or something but i don't understand how that provides energy they're um, the whole time it just describes how deep they were digging 
and that's it. There's, it doesn't say how how are they getting extra energy from this aside from the fact that they were getting some kind of energy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like you said, it's like, what does anything in this book even matter? Like, I know he wrote this as a satire, but and some like you said, you know, like we both agree that some of it is funny. It's mostly like written pretty OK, like. But there's just something gross about the way that he talks about the women and the female characters in this book. And um, Scully himself, like I said, is a total shit heel. Like, I hate him. I think he sucks. Like Chris was saying, he doesn't learn or grow or change, but he gets everything he wants all the time anyway. He admits he's just a horny fuck that just wants, yeah. like, that's all he really and, cares about. And he gets um, constantly gets rescued by Rosa and uh, Rachel. And I made this note. I said, I said, this book super fails the Bechdel test. Like, Rachel and Rosa never talk to each other about anything other than scully or other men like they never have just like i mean it's mentioned that like maybe off page they do but it's never represented and i wrote that like i want to love rachel and rosa because they're leaders of the revolution uh you know they're trying to over overturn slavery and they're they're always saving this fucking idiot like gent in distress who scully is he's always getting into some shit and they're always saving his ass who's not even that attractive i thought at first like they liked him because like oh he's gonna lead the revolution or something but he's a shithead about having to act all the time too even though that's what he wants yeah and he's always like oh well i want to do it this way and they're like well no we have to do do this or this way because we're in this region and this is how they do things and so basically like they're just dragging this petulant man-child around. So why are and, they attracted to him, and why are they fighting over yeah, him? Yeah, no, no idea. It's just and, for the titillation of like, oh, they're both these yeah. vixens are fighting over a man. Don't you wish you could be like that? Or, yeah, I, and I basically was just like, I wish this book had been written from one of their perspectives because then we maybe would have seen them as whole characters, and it wouldn't all just be through the lecherous gaze of Scully because he is the only narrator we get. We only get things through Scully's eyes, so. Who knows how much of this is really accurate, you know? I mean, he could just be perceiving the women up as being in love with him, but then at the end, it's like, I have no idea. No, they're very, know. like, it's justified in the end that they, like, oh, we'll deal with whatever as long as, you know, we're with Scully, because he's the real important thing. Forget the revolution, which we didn't even fix or anything, I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think that they ever really, I don't think it ever really came to There's an, an epilogue end. at the end about, like, a hundred years later or something, and it describes, like, Oh, like most of the revolution was kind of beat back and they maybe made some headway. So that didn't even turn out. Anyway, the whole energy crisis thing doesn't matter except for a couple scenes with like a hypnotized uh, Mexican worker who mimes falling down a shaft like 35 times. Yeah, and they, and they th- through that, they figure out the whole plot with the mining into the Well, mirror. the German scientist actually character, his name is Feninowitz or something yeah, like yeah. that. He pipes up and he's like... Apparently, Scully is also, like, a master hypnotist to get people to, like, mime out their, like, physical body things that have, like, in memory that their bodies have done. Because, like, this, he hypnotizes this Mexican worker into doing, like, oh, just go through your normal work day and, right. like, you know, your body will just take you through it. Because the Texans had um, had psychologically programmed or maybe with drugs uh, somehow uh, all of the... Um, sorry, all of like the non-white enslaved workers were in some way or another made to be unable to talk about what they were had done. So whenever they would try to talk about it, um, 
They're they're like mm-hmm. upper the, the part of that control the vocal cords wouldn't let sound come out. Yeah, they like they could mouth the words, but like no, 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 no. I don't think they could they could even do that. Um, no, that could that, that that one character for sure. He could oh, mouth okay. the words, but no sound came out. So that's mm-hmm. how Scully came up with the let's hypnotize him idea. Yeah, and have him act out and his the, day. Yeah, and like the the German comes in later. He's like, how do you fucking know this is actually working? You yeah, just taking the word that this guy isn't just repeating this like falling down a shaft motion 40 times you fucking idiots you just believe this skeleton man from outer space yep and i and he's I, right. I, I totally he's right. agree but it turns out like it really was what they were doing or something and the german was just trying to throw them off or something well, yeah because he was he was like part of the he was an enemy but they captured him because he was so in love with Skel- scully's exoskeleton suit because i guess you know earth doesn't have a reason to have something like that and nope i guess nobody ever goes from the earth to the lunar colonies i don't know none of the none even of though there's space sense. ports with yeah. i guess i think there's only two space planes ever mentioned in the book as if I they travel know. around the sielkovsky and the goddard mm. those are the only ones that i mentioned the sielkovsky yeah, follows him around that's true to like different airports so was there only two or something God, i don't fucking why know. didn't it land have... where he wanted to be in the first place Dude, methods of transit are so weird in this book like you're saying okay there's this issue with the spaceports and how it seems like no one is ever really going off of the earth and people coming to the earth is also really rare and then you're talking about that weird cack thing and then i have a note that says are they inside an actual fucking catfish page 148 <laughs> yeah, like the, like I, it describes them as like being underwater and it's like i think a catfish is near whatever vehicle they're in but it sounds like they're in another catfish or it something. sounds like they're in a cat like i think it even said i mean unless catfish is just the word oh here we go um Shortly later, I was told that we were in a river submarine called Airplane, of course, which consummate revolutionary dupli- with consummate revolutionary duplicity, and that the white monster had been a mutated and haploid catfish. Um, but they were saying that they were inside of this this thing, and I was like, I don't understand what the fuck is going on. Um, horses are used too, like yeah, horses are a thing, but there's never any cars, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. So, I think, I think we just like glossed over because they have those things, the cacks or whatever, yeah. like the, which are like cars, I guess. No, they're, they're transparent spheroid helicopter like things. Wow. I don't remember that description at all, but I'll trust you. It is what was described. And uh, I don't know why you'd want them to be transparent all the time. I have no idea. It, Cause it describes them like, oh, we only have so many atomic batteries left like in the whole fucking world. That's why like the Texans are trying to mine this shaft for extra energy Although it's like Scully had the like the map, like a picture of where the mine was like tattooed on himself in ultraviolet. So it would only show up if exposed to the sun for the first time or something. Oh, yeah. Even though he's undressed from his sack suit earlier in the book. Right. Yeah. So why didn't it develop there when he was in the sunlight? Yeah. And I also don't understand. I don't even understand why he would have taken the pains to do that if he's so naive and had like no idea what was going on but also the the texans are the governor lamar slash president lamar later on Mm -hmm. really wants to get the map off of wherever it would be on him even though by the time they get there the mexicans had already been working that area with the 40 mile deep shaft you don't just dig that overnight after they find something like that especially if the map hadn't developed on his stomach by then yeah, my guess is that, like, maybe they just thought he had the map for another mine. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, I... So, once again, like, did that whole plotline doesn't really matter to anything, because in the end, it, it ends with, like, and then Scully got his ladies... And, and went back the, to the sack. To, to fuck him or, or yeah, something. Yeah, basically. And, like, like, I was like, what about this whole revolution thing? 
So, yeah. so it's literally just about horny moon skeleton coming down <laughs> and having like a threesome adventure with like a pale, tall white lady and a small dwarfy Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. It's just and like his real... adventures trying to get them to fuck him. <laughs> yep. And there's also like. Incel Moon Man comes <laughs> from the. <laughs> oh, and there's also like political espionage and a revolution and some mining. That's kind of fun, but like it doesn't matter to anything. It's just like set dressing for like. And that's why these two ladies were even talking to me in the first place. And why they were so enamored with me, even though, once again, he's just kind of petulant the whole time, totally focused on trying to get his dick wet, and maybe acting a little bit, I guess, which they tend to, like, I guess the ladies kind of enjoy his passion for that, but he gets so petulant about it, like, a quarter of the way through his fucking revolutionary speech tour or whatever. Also, uh, his weapons to fight, he has, like, rods in his arms that are, like, are combination stilts. Slash crutches, slash swords to fight people with or something. Okay. And he can expertly fence because of his acting training. Even though there's like laser rifles that oh, the yeah. Texans have, but they have like ceremonial rapiers that they decide to try and take him down with when he's getting in a fight with some Texas Rangers, which by the way are like the police force among Texas, which I think is hilarious because I just imagine like a very far flung future episode of Walker, Texas Ranger fighting off horny moon skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. Um, so in addition to uh, you know, kidnapping women and taking them as his as his bigamous wives on the sack, uh, he also decided to have an affair with Idris Mickelwraith or whatever. His um, like boyhood fap crush. material or something. Yeah. Like Um he was like, Oh yeah. I uh, you know, f- fifty years ago, partially to assert my independence, I had a mad love affair with Idris Mickelwraith or Idris Mickelwraith, whatever. Um, which for two weeks was the talk of the sack and the circumlunar shame. It ended when Rosa sliced me twice, fortunately only across the chest. And then she said, um, 20 years ago, Rachel developed a serious heart degeneration. Uh, but then Idris was explosively brained by a tiny meteorite and Rachel received her aged but hale heart as transplant. She sometimes asks, how's it make you feel, Scully, to have your old girlfriend's heart beating inside me? How to answer that one? So it's like, totally fucked. It, it, I, I guess this. it's kind of nice that she gets like one over. Like she gets to fuck with them a little bit after that, being like, "Oh yeah, you 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 fucked her, huh?" Well, her fucking heart is inside me now, motherfucker. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I but don't even know. then, that's like such a weird. Just like it still makes Scully the the powerful fuck stud who gets everything he wants all the time. Yeah. Um. Oh, the, actually, at the very end, it does describe kind of what happened down on Earth after they left. But it doesn't. It's not a satisfying conclusion no, from what I remember. It's uh, just like, and things just kind of went on. Yeah, I, I guess anarchia is a thing. That oh yeah, started. like they, they they do overthrow some of the greater texts, and some of it's still there. I think from when, yeah, and they just went with anarchia Mexico, which is I guess the natural state of these Mexicans is that you can probably surmise the author thought or something like, oh, how they probably can't be organized by government yeah. or whatever. Um, there's also like the Black Republics of California and Florida in this, which is oh, where yeah. all the black people went. Yeah. So I guess if you want to like fast forward 300 years into U.S. history, pick up this book because it'll I, prepare yeah, you. Yeah, I that. guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> prepare you for our eventual misfortune. You gotta um, watch out for those fucking horny moon skeletons, though, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Before you know it, you're locked up in a ship and you have to ha- share him with some other d- oh, woman. Jesus. 
Yeah, so at first I was like, oh, this book is written much like so much better than everything else we've read or the most of what we've line read. to line very well crafted yeah, line to line well crafted but conceptually there's just something fucking off about this like some of the misogynistic lines are like oh that's right he also he also said something bad about jewish people <laughs> he says oh, something Jesus. kind of shitty about everyone don't yeah, worry yeah that's right uh surely only unconsciously jewish he says about <laughs> Faninowitz or whatever. Yeah. Ugh, um, you know, he gets white people shit for being like, you know, very colonial and like taking over everything all the time and kind of ruining it and stuff like that. But he also just pigeonholes other races entirely as well. I don't know if that's supposed to be like part of the satire or whatever. Yeah, but I don't it- know. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's like, it's like if you can't decide what's satire and what's not, like then clearly something was broken there. So something's not right. But also know? if you're like adding all this stuff in about a revolution and you're like, you honestly have no point to make aside from, and then the skeleton fucked both of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, the point of this book is that Scully gets his dick wet. Finally. Well, no, maybe, maybe it was the whole point just to be like, "Hey, people write these really dumb books like this, huh?" And so he also wrote a dumb book like that. I mean, maybe he that has was other it. books with revolutions in them, though. Oh, like, I it's see. It's a I common theme for his his work oh. is that there's a a revolution to be had. I haven't read any of Lieber's work. Ooh, excuse me. I'm going um, by the Wikipedia page. Oh, but. by the way, so Scully's uh, dating advice is that it's sometimes effective to uh, talk of. In what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, I can't remember. Basically, he says, "Hey, you want to get close to a female? Talk about shit that doesn't matter as you creepily put your arm around them. Maybe they won't notice." Fuck yeah, you, classic Scully. Classic fucking incel dating advice here. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling I, you, incel moon skeleton. The book is what this is about. Also, I have my last note says page one sixty eight rum perfume with exclamation points yeah because he what like just I? he like douses himself he's very stinky and he's drinking all the time and he says the rum was enough to kind of cover my body odor up and it was manly enough to be acceptable <laughs> oh yeah it was manly so yeah <laughs> so he's just a walking stinky fucking like <laughs> smell skeleton that also smells like gin it's not like the gin would cover up the bo from the no, it's, it's rum. It's rum. Um, yeah, it is a it is a good analgesic as well as an acceptable male perfume. Not going to cover up the oh, fucking. Oh yeah, so hot. I definitely. Hey, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to fucking fly to the moon and be sister wives for this guy. This fucking rummy rape skeleton from the moon. Yep, sounds great. It's definitely what I want. I we will we will never know if Moon Dick works on Earth though. That's yeah, like we'll the never real know. Pro- I. I'm so disappointed because I was hoping we would find out. He does describe getting like aroused, but it, thank God it doesn't just <laughs> go into the physical detail. Even though it goes into excruciating physical detail about how a lot of other stuff works, like when he's dragging himself to that pool or whatever, yeah, he has yeah. to like use his fingers to like push his head mm-hmm. and forward, and then he like takes like is able to just slowly like drag with only his fingertips himself into this pool. Oh, I was just thinking, like, what if he was like. And as I became aroused, I got my penile stick oh. so that I could <laughs> another telescoping my rod. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh, this show is just everything we read. Just, it's all about fucking dicks. I mean, it's like everything. It, people care about sex, right? Yeah, like it's it's a reason. Sex sells. People come to things to to come. Yeah. <laughs> people come. People to come to things. To come. things. Terrible <laughs> <book club. laughs> that should be our tagline. I don't know if you do this, but people come to things. <laughs> no, that should be our tagline. Terrible book club. People come to things to come. Yeah. Um. 
anyway, uh, I I kind of want to say don't read this because I feel like there's probably a better version of there's this somewhere. There's probably another Fritz Lieber book that I guess is better. But if you're looking through the list of terrible books that we have read, read this if you're choosing from that selection because the it's, writing is yeah. always good. And it does have a lot of really funny parts in it. And like I said, some of the, the ideas, some of the ideas are very creative and interesting. Um, I was entertained yeah, I was pretty annoyed after the many... Uh, the first hundred pages I wanted to keep going. Yeah. The last hundred pages I was like, will you shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah. about how horny you are? Because uh, yeah. I thought I would get some cool, like, space skeleton sword cane fights. And you got, like, one or two. Yeah. But, like, there should be a little bit more of that or something. I, I wrote, apparently, in the last hundred pages, every ten pages he talks about Rachel and Rosa. I made a note because I was just like every 10 Yeah, because that's dude, the back really, half of the book. It's just like, I really wish I could fuck them. Boy, I really wish I, I could fuck. Why am I not fucking them right now? <laughs> God damn it. Their scheme, by the way, them. later on is to like, whenever one of them is alone with it, the other one will come in and interrupt at like very specific moments. So I'm wondering if they're just like standing outside the door waiting to hear him like do one of those like arm around things, yeah. which is like probably an extremely squeaky fucking skeleton. <laughs> so like, so like all, all right. So on top of not understanding if moon dick works on earth because of <laughs> gravitational problems that is, that are discussed throughout the book, how would him having sex with, um, Rosa work? She's four feet tall and he's eight feet tall in an exoskeleton. I mean, that's a yeah, I pretty think the big disparity. Yeah, I mean, it would be hard to line certain things up height wise. Yeah. There's just some positions that are just straight out the window. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, I'm a well, I guess the exoskeleton would give him enough strength to pick her up. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, all right, that question has been answered. Also, like, if you've been living on space gravity for so long, I have some questions about like how flaccidity works and like how how do liquids work how oh no like how oh, does no. it fill up with blood and how oh does like does it just go longer or like wider uh, like, his know. circulatory system still works in space right, and everything he's right. a living being and he talked about his heart pumping and everything yeah and he actually his heart has to work harder on earth so doesn't that mean that like he would just have earth-based ed because isn't the issue like doesn't it, Viagra just thins your blood? It, it was originally used as like a blood thinner thing, oh, and they I, discovered I, oh, okay. it gives you boners. What? Yeah. Wait, just by thinning your blood, there has to be some other component at work there. No, no, yeah, it it basically like it it thins out the blood pressure. It drops your blood pressure. That's why you can't like have it going for more than four hours or something. Oh. That's why it's super dangerous. Oh. It lowers enough for like the blood to pump easier to give you a boner all the time because that's what happens when you get like a super low blood pressure thing oh wow i didn't know that huh so therefore if his heart has to work extra hard just to like survive on yeah Earth, he would never be able to have he'd die he'd fuck he'd get two thrusts in and fucking collapse <laughs> he's a thin he weighs like 100 pounds and he's eight feet tall he's horrifying i don't yeah so <laughs> so like just have this tall, have to be on top skeletal sex demon <laughs> give two thrusts and then die in front of you. Like, oh, was it his like strong fingers that they were counting on? No, oh, maybe that can totally work. Like, I get you know, I'm sure there's people out there that no. never, you know, there's plenty of lesbian relationships that where penetration is not a thing or whatever. Yeah, right, right. Oh, so, wow. so yeah, that's the that's the remaining question I have after this episode is how does Moon Dick work on Earth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> that question never answered. And I'm surprised it doesn't go into detail about that because there's plenty of other parts in the book where they talk about the effects of Earth gravity on other things. So, but the whole dick thing is just kind of no. watch. Like, it just works. Trust me. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, it's you fine. can fuck him. Don't worry. So the alternate title. So instead of a specter is haunting Texas, it would be a moon dick is haunting Earth. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's kind of. <laughs> moon people part two is really fucking oh, weird. God. You know, I, we were thinking about doing that. Uh, moon people part two. But um, this is it, as far as I'm concerned. Oh no, Moon People has no smut at all. Remember, people just make love. True. <laughs> moon People. If you haven't listened to episode 14, where oh. we're at Moon People, do so. It's also in space. It's also horrible, but in a totally different way. Yeah. Um. All right. So don't read this fucking book. Uh. Thanks for listening. Oh my god. Fuck. Can I remember the names of all of our patrons? Uh, yeah. You don't have the usual uh, list in shit, front of you. Shit. Thank you. Dari, Greg, Veronica, Will, Jared, D, and uh, you know if you enjoyed this, uh, you can check us out on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can check out our Patreon if you'd like to subscribe. Um, we, you know, for as little as a dollar a month, you can keep this uh, crap wagon rolling. Yep. Um, Hear about more moon dick skeletons. <laughs> yep. Um, I feel like there's other things I should be saying, but I don't have my script today. So fuck me, I guess. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks everyone. Um, Told them where to find us. We thanked our pa- patrons. So that's yeah. the major beats. I would uh, yeah, say. we're taking we're taking a break from the Patreon right now, um, and we're actually doing a marathon recording session today, so Chris and I can take a break because we are actually currently locked and loaded with three terrible books. Oh yeah, uh, we read three books in a week and a half, and we want to die. So yeah. we're, we're doing all the episodes today, just knocking um, them all out on this the uh, break that we have after, just after Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're sacrificing our Thanksgiving Saturday to the terrible book god. Glad, Terrible. You're gonna. We're gonna have to retake this whole end of the. Episode. No, it's fine. It's fine. We're terrible. Sorry. The books are terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I forgot to. I forgot to make a note sheet for this episode, so it's kind of. We fucked can make up. another one before the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can take ten minutes and eat some pizza and do it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the adventures of Scully Christopher Crockett Lacruz penis monster from the moon. <laughs> It sure is. All right. (laughs) Bye, Paris. (laughs) Bye.